Hello everyone, this is Tiffany, and thank you for joining me for What's On Your Mind. On my mind today is the sixth president of the United States of America, John Quincy Adams. By name, old man eloquent, he was born July the 11th, 1767 in Braintree, which is now Quincy, Massachusetts. He died February the 23rd, 1848, in Washington, D.C., at the age of 80. He is the sixth president of the United States of America from 1825 to 1829, an eldest son of President John Adams. In his presidential years, he was one of America's greatest diplomats, formulating, among other things, what came to be called the Monroe Doctrine. And in his post-presidential years, as a U.S. congressman from 1831 to 1848, he conducted a consistent and often dramatic fight against the expansion of slavery. Of the U.S. first 12 presidents, John Adams and his son John Quincy Adams were the only two who never owned slaves. And additionally, the first of which famously said, John Quincy Adams, that is, was the first of which famously said that the American Revolution would not be complete until all slaves were freed. In 1828, Jackson was elected president over Adams with 178 electoral votes to Adams 83. It was during Jackson's administration that irreconcilable differences developed between his followers and those of Adams, the latter becoming known as the National Republicans, who with the anti-Masons were the precursors of the Whigs. Adams' intense dislike of Jackson and what he represented remained unabated. When Harvard College in 1833 awarded Jackson an honorary degree, Adams refused to attend the ceremony at his alma mater. He avowed that he would not be present to witness Harvard's disgrace in conferring its highest honors upon a barbarian who could not write a sentence of grammar and could hardly spell his own name. Another spectacular contribution by Adams to the anti-slavery cause was his championing of the cause of Africans arrested aboard the slave ship Amistad. Slaves who had mutinied and escaped from their Spanish owners off the coast of Cuba and had wound up bringing the ship into the United States water, waters near Long Island, New York. Adams 
defended them as freemen before the Supreme Court in 1841 against efforts of the administration of President Martin Van Buren to return them to their masters and to inevitable death, Adams won their freedom. Perhaps the most dramatic event in Adams' life was its end. On February 21, 1848, in the act of protesting an honorary grant of swords by Congress to the generals who had won what Adams considered a most unrighteous war with Mexico, he suffered a cerebral stroke fell unconscious to the floor of the house and died two days later in the Capitol building. His obsequies in Washington and in his native Massachusetts assumed the character of a nationwide pageant of mourning. Senator Thomas Hart Benton, the most eulogist at the service in the Capitol, asked, Where would death have found him except at the place of duty? Few men in American public life have possessed more independence, more public spirit, and more ability than did Adams. Still, throughout his political career, he was handicapped by a certain personal reserve and austerity and calmness of manner that prevented him from appealing to the imaginations and affections of the people. He had few intimate friends, and not many men in American history have been regarded during their lifetimes with so much hostility or attacked with so much rancor by their political opponents. Additionally, in 1780, he began to keep regularly the diary that formed so conspicuous a record of his doings and those of his contemporaries through the next 60 years of American history. Self-appreciative like most of the Adams clan, he once declared that if his diary had been even richer it might have become, next to the Holy Scriptures, the most precious and valuable book ever written by human hands. The Transcontinental Treaty was perhaps the greatest victory ever won by a single man in the diplomatic history of the United States. Adams himself was responsible for the idea of extending the country's northern boundary westward from the Rocky Mountains to the Pacific, considered a stroke of diplomatic genius. To use his own word, it marked a triumphant epoch in U.S. continental expansion. Before the Spanish government ratified the Transcontinental Treaty in 1819, however, Mexico, including Texas, had thrown off allegiance to the mother country, and the United States had occupied Florida by the force of arms. Presenting 
the sixth president of the United States of America, John Quincy Adams. <laughs>